0: Oh, it's Friday. It's the stretch long grind of a day when I go in to record this show before the Friday morning, early morning hours when it comes on the radio. Stretch show runs 3 a.m. till noon Pacific, Monday through Friday. And every Wednesday, Thursday, I have this marathon day and I've already effed up and I am already in an angry, fouled up, pissed off, nasty mood. Let me tell you. I forget to push buttons. I don't do things right. I'm in a hurry just to get this show done so I can go to bed. And then I end up not recording. And I go through an entire segment. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't record. (laughs) I swear. I punch computers and I throw things. My dog runs and hides. He's like, oh something done. Pissed off stretch now. Time to get out of here. Here you go. In the living room. Go to the table. Oh, man. It is Supercross Eve. We have got... Supercross racing from New Jersey tomorrow. Now you're like, New Jersey, really? But it's New York is really what it is. They're going to race in East Rutherford, New Jersey, which is where the New York Jets and the New York Giants play. Funny that New York teams play in New Jersey, but they do. And it is right in the shadows of Manhattan. There's nowhere to build anything. Manhattan is people on top of people on top of people. High rise, high rise, high rise. There's no room for anything like a football stadium. So they have to put them in New Jersey, and it's called the Tri-State area, and that is where they are racing tomorrow, and that is where uh, our media day will be today, and anything comes out of there, we'll get you updates. And it's exciting exciting times. Probably the biggest news about this, it's the 250 East-West Shootout, and everyone is dying to see which Lawrence brother wins, and I would have to think the bigger money is on Jet, but last time they met in a showdown, it was big brother hunter that won we got hunter on the show today he's going to be coming up here in the middle of the show if you missed that interview we also got two dudes from star racing yamaha and jordan smith who you would hear in mere moments and then young danger boy deegan who is setting the world on fire like jet lawrence is going to move up to the 450s here in about four weeks five weeks and the second jet moves up to 450s the new wonder boy of 250s is probably going to be Danger Boy Deegan. The, the fans love him. He's, he's he's doing better than Jet, and that's saying something. Jet is a phenom. Danger Boy is doing better than Jet. This kid stays healthy, and he's got his head screwed on right, which it looks like he does. Shout-out to Brian Deegan for, like, raising that kid right. I, I like that kid, man, and he's aggressive and good, and I, there's everything about him is freaking cool to me, so... We'll talk to him. Three podiums in his rookie year, number two in points in the 250 East. That's incredibly solid. So he's out there racing tomorrow, too. I can't wait to see. There's some battles just to see who wins of the Star Racing Yamaha guys, to see which Lawrence brother wins, to see who does better, the 250 East or the 250 West, when the smoke settles. I'm excited about all of that. A lot to talk about this weekend on the big old Supercross Spectacular, which will start tomorrow at 2 p.m. right here on the Big 49. 2 p.m. That is when we will start our coverage. At 4 p.m., the gate will drop. And that's tomorrow. Today at 3 p.m. Pacific time, it is the Moto Man Show, hosted by the one and the only, the Moto Man. I like to call it Last Chance Radio. Because every day could be Moto Man's last show. You never know. And he's got Bookie Kyle in there with him. And at some point, it's Numb Nuts leading Numb Nuts and and, and things go off the rails. Sometimes I got to get on the text line or on the the hotline and be like, hey, Numb Nuts is, what are you doing? Moto Man's pretty responsible. Kyle, I I trust Kyle as far as I can throw him, to be honest with you. But Moto Man, I trust to do the right thing. He just doesn't always do the right thing. He's more uh, happy to be bashing Stretch than he is to be doing the right thing sometimes. So I got to watch these guys. I got to listen to that show, see what's going on. You should listen to it, too. It is today at 3 p.m. and see what they say. Shout out to Kenny Roxon for being the media darling of New York City yesterday. He was on Fox News. He was doing all the morning news out promoting the Supercross. I was pumped on that. I like Kenny, and I love uh, he's doing well right now. So shout out to him. Biggest story of the day, though, I am going to give you a UFO update. So here's what's going to happen. Going to play a little rock and roll right now. Going to come back with the Jordan Smith Star Racing Yamaha interview. And then right after that, I will update you on the latest and greatest from the government about UFOs and UAPs and how they tell you the truth and then lie to you all at the same time. We'll do that coming up right here on the Friday edition of The Stretch Show, Big 49. (laughs) Man Urge. Entertainment Report! You gotta love Elon Musk. Yesterday, not only did he see his giant rocket that went into the air explode just a little bit after liftoff and what was an epic fail, but he also started taking away the blue check marks from celebrities and people that didn't want to pay for them. only he didn't take them away from everyone. He let LeBron James keep his, and LeBron didn't pay. He also let author Stephen King keep his, and he didn't pay. And Musk said, yeah, he paid for those himself. However, he did take away the blue check mark from the public he took away the check mark from the Pope dude it's crazy what these social media guys can do yesterday after all the actors got back together to resume filming on the movie Rust where the star of the film Alec Baldwin had murdered the cinema photographer last year well at that very same day they resumed filming, they decided to drop all charges against Alec Baldwin, so he will not be tried for manslaughter. So Alec is off the hook. If you watch Fox News, you may know who Dan Bongino is. He's a former U.S. Secret Service agent that has been a huge supporter of President Trump. He's been on Fox News since 2021, and now the network says, well, his last show was last week, April 15th. He did his last show, and he will no longer be with the network. And they didn't say why. They say they wish him well. But trust me, it's got everything to do with that huge lawsuit that Fox just lost with the Dominion voting machines, and they had to pay hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, Bongino was one of those dudes that was absolutely pushing that uh, uh, agenda on his show and was a big believer that those machines were rigged. But now they lost the lawsuit, so they don't want another one, and I got a feeling that's why they parted ways the Man entertainment with stretch. 49. It is a stretch show, and right now we are sitting down with Jordan Smith of the Star Racing Yamaha team, up on the podium in second place tonight. Another good night of racing, Jordan, and it looked like for a while in that main event that you had a shot to go all the way, but you did have another battle with uh, your teammate Deegan, and then you got by him. Did you think at any point you had a chance to catch up to Hunter and then maybe put this one away and get the win, or uh, where was your mindset uh, uh, during this battle tonight?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> once I got around Hayden, I uh, put in some good laps and was yeah. just making like, little mistakes here and there. And then... Uh, okay. One lap before Nate went down, I uh, caught one of the ruts going into the first set of whoops and was like fully sideways (laughs) and somehow rode it out pretty safely. And uh, after that, he kind of pulled pretty good. I think that was probably my bad lap. And I just kind of not cruised it in, but just tried to be smart from there on in. And then I think it was the next lap, Nate was down. And that was tough to even like get through there because I didn't feel comfortable even skimming the whoops and not cleaning out the whole medical team and Nate, so. Um, it's a bummer to see Nate go down hoping that he's okay but yeah um, I definitely felt like at the beginning that I had the speed to kind of to maybe catch him and and put some pressure on him I mean it's been been hard to get any pressure on him all all year so uh, it felt good to be a little closer this time
0: all right uh let's talk about your season you have these really great races like tonight where you're up high up on the podium and then you had well like i guess tampa and then detroit was really bad and those kind of cost you but what's your take on your entire season overall uh what's your mindset on how you've done
1: uh yeah i mean like you said other than tampa and and, uh detroit but uh yeah i feel like it's been a pretty good year i feel like my speed has been the best of my career and uh just some couple of bad decisions and things just not go my way, uh, kind of race myself out of any kind of, you know, title chances or, or anything like that. So, um, I think it's been good. I think I've gotten better as the seasons went on and, and, uh, we're working on the bike a little bit, just trying to get a little bit more comfortable. And, um, and it's been, it's been good. I'm really excited with where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's been a good season, but, uh, not, Really, what I expected coming in, I expected to be a little bit just more solid. So, just some little things that went wrong, and uh, yeah, it's not fun leaving leaving the races whenever those things go wrong. That's for sure.
0: All right, and and then how how do you deal with that? Uh, I guess mentally to keep going, you get a you get a race like Detroit where you get the D, the D and Q, and then you know then you're coming back and bam here you are number two with probably a chance to have won it tonight so uh, how do you keep yourself i guess even keeled throughout those mixed results like that when you know what you're capable of
1: yeah i mean uh the the not qualifying at, at detroit was probably the lowest yeah. i've been um <clears throat> without getting without leaving the track hurt you know i left yeah. healthy and was just super bummed and and. uh yeah we had a break and the break didn't really go that good for me either i twisted my ankle like the first week on outdoors and uh didn't really know if i was even going to be able to race here uh even this past weekend like was still struggling to walk a little bit and stuff and uh yeah just a lot of doctors and therapy and that kind of stuff and uh started feeling a little better on wednesday did about 15 or 20 laps and uh to come out here and, and ride like I did and, and finish second was uh, pretty unbelievable to me. So, uh, yeah, I, I felt <laughs> yeah. really good. And, and like Hunter touched on at the beginning, there's the lows are very low and the highs are very high. So, yeah. uh, it's just trying to find some sort of balance in between that and, uh, just trying to, you know, not get too down on yourself whenever things go bad for yeah. sure. It's, uh, it's tough, especially whenever you've had, a career of injuries and things not going uh, as as you planned. so okay. uh, it's it's tough to to keep the mind mindset good going into rounds whenever you have a bad
0: one. All right, and that's I want to talk about the bad one because tonight's a good one. Tonight was was a great one. Second place overall here in Atlanta on the podium, looking really really good, not making very many mistakes. But let's look back at because we didn't get to talk to you after uh, Detroit, and that's where. Uh, basically all hell broke loose for you where you had a crash in the heat race and then you end up in the LCQ and then you you didn't get there. So how do you keep yourself even keeled at that point? How do you not get like completely, you know, over emotional? And and how do you get yourself back into check and come back and have a ride? Like tonight, tonight was smooth, flawless, pretty mistake-free stuff going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I was – just in that heat i was yeah just not thinking clearly i don't think i just okay. definitely made some mistakes after i went down and um was just trying to get back up front and uh was pretty fired up so yeah. uh then the lcq i went into with a clear head and stalled it on the first lap and then just yeah. was so far i couldn't get my bike sorry i was so far back and uh just gave it everything i had to try and get in there so yeah. um <clears throat> you know like I said I didn't really ride much in between then and here so uh I think that you know riding like I did tonight is you know how I've been riding for the most part all all season it's just been little mistakes so uh we made some some slight bike changes today and uh that I felt like that really helped me get that little extra comfort um on, on the track and, and a little bit more under control. So, okay. uh, yeah, that was really good, and the track was gnarly. So it was good to put in a ride like that. It was a, definitely a confidence-building ride putting in one like that on a track like that today.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of this track, uh, Jordan, you've been around for a minute compared to most of these dudes in the 250 class. So you've probably got a ride, I believe, in both the Georgia Dome and the Mercedes-Benz Dome. And then yeah, this tonight where you're in the Atlanta Motor Speedway, kind of an outdoor, you know, hybrid track, if you will uh, do you like the other tracks or, or do you like this better? What's your take on all those tracks? Be the guy that's raced on them all, I believe.
1: Uh, yeah, I raced in Mercedes Benz and I also raced in the, um, Georgia dome. And, uh, I grew up going to the Georgia dome every year as a kid. Uh, That was, uh, I grew up in near Charlotte, North Carolina. So pretty much a kind of a home ish race for me. Uh, everyone from North Carolina would always go to that race. So uh i always love coming to atlanta yeah uh i do feel like the dirt's similar but okay. the difference to me is that this dirt sits out here and bakes all day you know in the oh, sun okay. and it gets harder yeah. where in the in the stadium whether it was georgia dome or mercedes-benz it was um more climate controlled and stayed a lot softer like it got so rutted up there and okay. so it, the dirt was so sticky so um yeah there's some similar similarities uh I do I miss racing in the in the stadium because I grew up going going yeah. there as a kid but uh, I actually love this like this is my second time here and I've loved yeah. the track both times and uh, I feel pretty confident coming in coming into a track like this.
0: Yeah, and by the way, the track loved you back tonight. Second place overall at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Jordan Smith start racing Yamaha. Congratulations on a great ride tonight. Glad to see you back in true form and can't wait to see what you do next week when you battle not only everybody in the field but everybody in the other field too for the East-West Shootout. Gonna be absolutely awesome. I am Stretched. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big big, 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 the big 49, Moto Minute, brought to you by LBZ. Thursday, it seemed like Kenny Roxon literally took New York by storm, rolling through on a media tour for the Supercross coverage. We all know the race is going to be at East Rutherford, which is right there across the river from New York City in New Jersey. And it is a great place, and it's a sports mecca. And I was really surprised, to be honest with you, that they used Kenny Roxon. this is a guy that's an amazing next level rider. He's a huge superstar internationally, but I was surprised they let him do it because of the World Supercross thing and how they jack everybody and Kenny is the defending champion. It was weird to see. He was on Fox and Friends. He did a photo shoot with a Suzuki on top of the Empire State Building. It was all really, really cool. And it definitely seemed like Roxanne was the guy doing all of the Supercross brand pushing throughout the Tri-State area yesterday, and it was cool to see. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a stretch show on a freaking Friday. Shout out to Fridays. It is Supercross Eve. Don't forget Last Chance Radio today, 3 o'clock, Moto Man and the bookie Kyle coming up. Uh, also, shout out to Jordan Smith for talking to us. Coming up here in a little bit, we will get down with both uh, Danger Boy Deegan and with Hunter Lawrence, both from the 250 East, the entire podium from last week's race in Atlanta. On the show today, this is how we roll. We pack it heavy, heavy with the moto on Friday as we psych up for the races. But right now, I gotta get excited. There's been UFO stories for the first time in a very long time. And there was a briefing this week. There was a non-classified briefing, so they had a lot of stuff there. The United States Senate Committee on Armed Services met with Sean Kirkpatrick. He is the dude that is running the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. You're like, what the F is that? They call it Arrow, And he's been giving little updates to Congress here, or the Senate here and there, telling them what's going on. And so his latest, he released another new video. And this is a video shot during the uh, war with Iraq. And it's a drone that's doing surveillance. And then you see what clearly looks like on the camera beneath the drone, a metallic ball, small metallic ball, shoot across the sky. Now granted that could be a Mylar balloon because they're small metallic balls. And then it zooms in, but this thing's hauling ass. And the drone's not blowing around. The wind's not going that hard. There's people walking around. There's no sand blowing around as these people are walking around. And this thing's hauling ass. So it's not a mylar balloon. And then the drone struggles to track it because it's going so fast straight across, but it has no wings. It's a ball. It's, it, for all practical purposes, it looks, I don't know how close it is to the drone. That's how you can't tell the size of it. But imagine something like the size of a beach ball. that's a, just a ball and it's shooting across the sky and this drone catches it. Like what the F is that? Now, that has no wings, no propulsion system, no nothing. They also know nothing about it. They have no reports on it. They just caught it with a drone over in a military area. So here's what I love. This guy comes out, Kirkpatrick says definitively out of the hundreds of UAP cases that they have reviewed, they have found no credible evidence thus far of any extraterrestrial activity or off-world technology, or objects that defy the known laws of physics. Oh wait, I have one. How does a ball, a metallic ball, fly through the air with no wings and no propulsion system? Is that not defying physics? Because to me it is. It's not, it, it's not shot out of a cannon, it's not a cannonball, you can see it. It's not going that fast, but it's going a hell of a lot faster than just a balloon would be. And it's not the shape of a balloon. It's an effing ball. So I look at it. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll give you the... And that's their thing. They want to... The Pentagon's sole purpose of doing all of this is to let you know that most of what you see is Chinese spy balloons. They love that narrative. And they want you to know that or it's clutter from the air or natural phenomenon. And they try to debunk everything. But no, there's a lot of it that is our adversaries like Chinese spy balloons. There's a lot of things that are Russian or Chinese. That's what they want you to think. They don't want you to think there's anything alien out there. And we've heard about reverse engineered craft and all kinds of crap. And the more and more stories I hear when I get down into the UFO rabbit hole is a hell of a lot of UFO witnesses, which they'll never say in this committee, are the reverse engineered American craft. they're, They're UFOs in a sense but they're owned by the United States of America and the American military doesn't even know we have these and they say they're flying those over the ships to see what our guys will do. And if our guys do shoot at them, they'll just buzz out of the way. There's nothing they can do. So, depends on how deep down the UFO rabbit hole you want to go. But this guy, uh, Kirkpatrick, washes off most of them. He did say there's like 600 unanswered ones out of all of the... Reports they've had because they did they asked for a clear update on what would you say the number is and then he Goes into most of them are like I said balloons Aerial systems this and that they have an explanation for everything and that's their job to explain away everything and by the way That's what the human brain wants You want answers. It's all you want. You want an answer. You're like I saw something that does not compute I'll tell you, My life changed the day I saw a ghost And I looked me in the eye and I was like, that's a ghost. And the day that happened, my whole effing world changed because ghosts aren't real. There's no such thing as ghosts until you're looking at one. And then now everything's possible. Everything's possible because there's no such thing as UFOs. There's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing as the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot. To me, any of that is possible at this point. Because uh, Dogman, all that stuff, the New Jersey Devil, all those things are possible, if you ask me. And Kirkpatrick is the guy that put this video out there. He showed it in the meeting. It was from an MQ-9 Reaper drone somewhere over Iraq. And this metal ball just flies right on over. And then, like I said, right after that, but we have nothing, nothing that tells us this is alien technology off-world technology that aliens exist. We just have these weird things that we don't know what the F they are, and they can outperform anything we have in the sky, and we can't explain them. We explain a lot of them, but we can't explain them all. And, well, nothing to, nothing to see here. But we do need more money because it's probably from the Chinese or the Russians who are way ahead of us. That seems to be the Pentagon angle. And the way this guy's going, and I don't trust anyone. Once you're in the Pentagon, it's like the mafia. You're never out of the mafia. And I am still suspicious as hell of Lou Elizondo, even though I really loved his documentary series that I watched. It was really, really good. I just, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you got ulterior motives. You're really down with the Pentagon still, and the Pentagon is the devil. Not as much of the devil as the FBI is, but their second place is being the devil. The devil, I tell you. Alright, I'm going to get off my UFO rant now. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get off my UFO rant. Going to get back to some motocross. How about that? How about right now? I come back and I drop a little Danger Boy Deegan on that ass. Star Racing Yamaha's Danger Boy Deegan. Love this kid. We've had him on the 49. And he's a rising star in the moto world. So we'll get to him next. Good interview. Thanks, because it's me. It's probably probably why. It's probably 70%. 60-40 if I'm Adam C. and Cirillo, but I'm a cocky bastard, so I'm 70-30. Yeah, 70-30. It's a good interview because of Stretch. It's the Big 49. Big 49. It is Stretch, and right now we are sitting down with one of the fastest rising stars in Supercross, if you will, the entire motorsport. His name is Hayden Deegan. He rides for the Star Racing Yamaha team. The only thing is... I don't feel like you're really as much of a rising star as you are because we've seen you since you were this little kid and watched you grow up on YouTube with the YouTube channel and everything with your family and seen all the stuff that you've done and followed your amateur career, and now here we are, and you've got your third podium of your rookie season. You're sitting at number two overall in the championship points for the 250 East, and to me, exceeding expectation across the board, and another thing that exceeded expectation they hit not one, but two hole shots tonight on the night here in Atlanta, so that is pretty cool. Walk us through that feeling of getting those hole shots and having a really good round here in Atlanta.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, two hole shots today, one in the heat race <laughs> and uh, one in the main, unfortunately, nice. heat race didn't go as planned, but, uh, yeah, main event, got a hole shot from the outside gate, uh, right. so down on the outside out there, but, uh, yeah, bike's been great. We've Been doing a lot of practice starts and uh, a lot, a lot, so... Uh, yeah, they're being good right now, and right. we're getting some good starts. And it was definitely cool leading some laps, or it was one lap. Hunter's, Hunter's pretty fast, so he got around <laughs> me pretty quick. But, uh yeah, it was uh, it was cool to lead a lap, finally. It's uh, yeah. been one of my goals. So we finally uh, checked that one off leading some laps, and... Uh, yeah it's just it's nice being out there it's not nothing crazy of me because i did that a lot in the amateurs leading laps so it yeah. wasn't like a moment where i got out there and i panicked you know so yeah i'm just happy to finally get that and it's a big learning curve
0: uh and speaking of uh your amateur career we watched you last that's a lot of outdoor style racing and you seem to have thrived both in daytona and here in atlanta do you think that the all the racing you did as a kid on those big outdoor tracks is l- really lending itself to you being really damn good on these speedway tracks like we saw tonight?
2: Uh, yeah, I think it's just right now with outdoors I'm starting to excel a little more and okay. uh, just kind of getting, you know, bigger a little. I mean, not much, but I, do get a, <laughs> I grew a little bit. So uh, just excelling okay. on outdoors a little more like training-wise on that too. So I feel like coming over to these races where it's yeah. a little bit, to that side a little, it's kind of I've yeah. been I've been feeling good on those tracks. So, yeah, right now just uh, keep on trying to get, especially in these stadiums, just get a little better on those two. But the streetways, I feel good. Uh,
0: another thing that really is standing out uh, for you to be such a young rider in your rookie season is uh composure. Now you're making the mistakes that we're gonna see from any rookie rider, uh, we see from a lot of veteran riders because supercross is hard as hell to do. Uh, but you will have a mistake, you'll have a crash, you'll go down, and then all of a sudden, like, you're still back up and in it, and it doesn't shake you on the overall night. And we saw that again tonight. You were leading, and that would have been cool to get a a heat race win, but instead, here you are, uh, you know, coming back and taking a second or third place overall, moving up to second in the points. But you've got a lot of composure for a young rider. Uh, Walk us through how you get through Moments like uh, in Detroit where where you guys uh, had that run in and it got real emotional and then you came back, had a good night there, and then same thing here tonight. You go down in the heat race and then you come back and look really good in the main event.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, these heat races, uh, sometimes they'll get a little uh, fired up. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, today just uh, had the lead and I was riding well and stuff happens. Scrubbed a jump a little too hard and hit the shifter, so went into neutral and then biffed it but we got up quick got back on the track Uh, main goal is to make sure we got in the main you not have to go to an lcq or anything dumb like that so we uh, got in the main event and yeah yeah, it's been good we just gotta basically these main events you just gotta stay focused and just work on yourself that's the big thing for me just working on myself Finding things I need to work on after the race, too, during the week, yeah. and that's just been big for me. These starts as well, so the starts have been good, and it's been helping me well.
0: All right, and you you're having incredible results, especially for a rookie. And I would imagine I no one told me any inside info, but I don't know if they even knew they were going to put you in at the start of the season. Then they 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 do. And it, it probably it was so that you could learn and watch everybody. You're on a team of really, really talented riders, and then get out there on the track. The best practice you could ever get is racing these other guys. And I imagine it was so that you could grow and learn. Now, here we are. You're in your rookie season. You're in second place in the points. Is that maybe changed to where they're like, hey, get out there and, and beat these guys, not follow these guys and learn from these guys because you're the youngest guy on the track? But, you know, now has, I guess, the game plan changed with you? you being as uh, successful as you have been so far this season? Uh, Yeah, definitely this year I didn't
2: come into Supergrass thinking I'd be second in points at some point. Didn't (laughs) think of that at all. I didn't even think I was getting the top 10 at the first round, and I surprised myself there. So, yeah, um, yeah, second is, it's it's already, it's outstanding for me for my first year and uh, how how much I've been learning. So, uh, Hunter's just on top of the game right now. He's going fast, and uh, there's, it's, right now it'd be a miracle if I could get in front of him, but he's just... (laughs) He's going too fast right now, so I just got to keep learning, and that's what this year's all about, learning. So hopefully next year we can uh, be a little
0: more forward. All right, and uh, one more question before we go, Hayden, and that is this crowd freaking loved you tonight. When you came out, maybe one of the loudest responses that we heard of, of all the riders on the night, like they went crazy for you, like, how cool is that for you? And, and what do you think, you know, why do you think you click so well with the with the, with the masses?
2: Yeah, it's it's wonderful. The fans are awesome always. And uh, yeah. it's it just comes down to how we let people behind the scenes into our life with the YouTube channel and building the okay. social media. And uh, that's the new era right now. It's trying to build uh, the social media and have the fans come to these races. Uh, yeah. That's a big thing for me and my family. Uh, definitely, all these people get to see everything, everything behind the scenes. You can see everything from my training to uh, my daily life and me at the skate park. So, (laughs) it's uh the fans love it
0: and and that's gotta be what it is And we've all watched you grow up and it's really fun to see you have this success and you seem to be a pretty level-headed good kid and we are big fans here at the big 49 we thank you for your time sir Wish you the best of luck when you get into that East-West shootout. Go in there and do some damage and just, you know, go for it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, Congratulations once again to you, the whole family, and we will uh, see you next week. I got a feeling somewhere around a podium as we get into the East-West shootout in East Rutherford. I am Stretched. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big big, 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 the big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Let's take a look at the 250 injury report as we go into a 250 East-West shootout this weekend in East Rutherford, New Jersey for the Supercross. And, well, if you're a 250 West rider, there's no new news. Everyone on the list has been on the list for a while, and we've been kind of aware of that. There's a couple interesting things, though, for the 250 East jeremy martin is out apparently he has a partially collapsed lung after a crash last week in atlanta so we're not going to see jmart this week in new jersey they have michael moseman listed as tbd my understanding is he was getting ready to do some outdoor training and kind of gearing up for that but maybe he is coming back and going to get in a few more rounds at the end but as of now moseman listed as tbd on the official report The other really gnarly one is Nate Thrasher. He is out not only for this weekend, but for the remainder of the season after a big wipeout in Atlanta that saw him carted off the field with a dislocated hip and a broken collarbone. We wish him well getting back on the bike as soon as humanly possible. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It is a stretch show here on a Friday. It is Supercross Eve. We got racing tomorrow. and We got the Big 49 all up in that shiz. 2 p.m. Get ready for our coverage to start. 4 p.m. The gate's going to drop. You'll hear heat race. We'll give you a recap. But you won't hear the heat race here because we can. not We'll get sued. It's all right. Big 49 first to fire. As Soon as that race is over, we jump on, give you the results, talk about it, get ready for the next race. Then we do a post-race wrap-up. There's a lot of ball busting. A lot of ball busting. A a hell of a lot of ball busting. Mostly by Moto Man, who's very mean to everyone. Not so much by me, because I'm so sweet. I give people diabetes, I've been told. Ah, Even my brother accused me of giving him diabetes. It's how sweet I am, and I don't even like him. All right, let's talk about this. This is going to be my anti-drug statement of the day if you've heard it before. If you're on meth, you don't want to hear this, or maybe you do. April 10th, 39-year-old Sherry Akil. She started off, they say, as a credit debit card abuse case. Just listen to this spiral. This 39-year-old lady. So, two days after she got popped for, looks like credit card fraud on April 10th, which you'll do when you're a junkie because you got to get your junk. Uh, She escalated from that to driving while intoxicated, suicidal ideation, murder, and it just continues to spiral out of control. Here's what happened. Days after the longstanding Methamphetamine possession case appears to have put Akil in renewed legal jeopardy in Taylor County. So that's, that's the next one. She's next uh, due in court coming up on uh, April 12th, but j- jail records show she was in court on April 10th, but then arrested again on April 12th for driving while intoxicated and for allegedly and intentionally and knowingly operating an illicit game room. So she had some illegal gambling going on. This is bookie Kyle, but in a, it, with a wig. So here's where it gets better. She gets busted for that. So she's now drunk driving or high driving or whatever she's doing. And she's already got a debit card case on her. And now they catch her for running a gaming room. And she had a pending possession of methamphetamine case on her as well so you've got a bad credit card case on you a meth case on you a driving while intoxicated case on you and operating an illicit game room all separate cases where she was arrested at different times so she's got all these pending cases all getting ready to crash into court at the same time well here's where it gets even better at noon on april 12th while at the hospital She was in custody of the county sheriff's office. They say she was described as a potentially suicidal inmate. She's seen her life unravel. She's got all these cases against her. So she's losing her mind. So they take her out of jail because she'd been arrested one of the nine times or whatever it was. And they're like, all right, let's take this lady in. She's got suicide ideation. That's a very serious thing. Well, while she's in jail, a hospital worker comes in to work with her. And remember, she's bound, she's under arrest. She's there with the the police. So they have, if you're there and the, the cops bring you from jail to the hospital, you're handcuffed. Well, at some point, she punches a hospital worker in the stomach. Just freaks out and punches the hospital worker in the stomach. Here's the problem. She punched the hospital in the stomach And it was a pregnant stomach. And guess what happened? The baby died. Did I mention this is Texas? That's called murder. Yeah, murder, uh, Texas, not one of those baby-killing states where it's like, ah, it's fine. She just aborted that fetus for you. Saved you having to go down to California and get an abortion. So, now she's up on murder charges. She was uh, listed uh, herself on Facebook as a stay-at-home parent. Now she's a accused murderer and she's got a whole bunch of stuff. Under Texas law, it is a capital crime if a person murders an individual under 10 years of age and a fetus would be under 10 years of age. They say by Texas law, a human being who is alive, including an unborn child at every stage of gestation from fertilization till birth. There you go. She is one of 40 people facing indictments in Taylor County right now. It was a meth possession case that led to a guilty plea in June, 2021, which by the way, she got a deferred sentence of three years of community supervision and 160 hours of community service. And now she's effed that deal up. She also showed prosecutors filed a motion to revoke her deferral in October of last year because she had done something else and and they just kept letting her out. But here's the thing, they'll give you enough rope to hang yourself. They just keep letting you go, letting you go, letting you go. And then you keep getting arrested, keep getting arrested. At some point, they got to put your ass back in jail. So there's been another motion to revoke her community supervision on April 17th. That's the day they got her with the meth possession. In June 2021, the judge who accepted the meth possession guilty plea found her to be mentally competent to stand trial. So here you go. You get on the meth, you spiral out of control. Then you get all suicidal while you're in jail because you've been caught, not because you care. And then you decide to have a hissy fit, bitch fit, which a lot of addicts do that. They get violent and crazy. And they get all pissy and throw things and stomp around and act like giant babies because they're not really adults. They're not really grown up enough to take care of themselves. And they damn sure don't give an F about another human being on the planet outside of themselves getting high. And this escalates to this lady punching a poor pregnant nurse in the belly while she's in jail in the hospital and kills this lady's unborn baby. All those, all those. Moral of the story, don't do meth. I've told this story before and I'm going to tell it again right now. True story. I was, uh, uh, the one high end rehab I worked at I was assigned to go get people I was that dude I was like hey we got we got somebody who needs to come in go get them and I would go to jail and get people I would go to loved ones houses I would drive up to the interventions and get people I would go pick people up that were just ready to come and they were ready to be taken in but I would go get them and I would bring them in and that was my thing and They would run from me. I've kicked doors down inside of LAX in the bathroom, catching people doing all kinds of drugs. I got stories for days. But one day, I'm here in lovely Los Angeles, California, and they say, hey, we got a pickup for you. Should be mellow, famous last words. Uh, Down in, uh, far away, about two hours away from where our office is. Good two-hour car drive. And that's each way, two hours. So I drive down and I pick up, and this individual is a doctor. They go, should be mellow, it's a doctor, they're ready to come in. And then, you know, what's their DOC? What's What's their drug of choice? Their drug of choice is meth. Okay, doctor doing meth. That's not a doctor you want practicing on you, so you gotta get cleaned up if you're a doctor. So we drive in and it is very uneventful all the way in but I had just been in the car for about five hours total and I get this person in and we are pulling in the driveway they hadn't said a word the entire drive I picked them up, hey how are you, I'm good, alright tell me if you need the AC going, whatever never a word they sat in the back, talked on their cell phone a couple times nothing, not a peep we just drove, drove, drove so we pull in and everyone gathers around. You got all the therapists and your intake coordinator and the salesperson from the rehab that makes sure the check clears for the lay in. And they all meet me in a group in the driveway as I pull up with this person. And they say, how was the drive? Granted, we're driving a beautiful luxury SUV, like a, might've been a Suburban or a Tahoe. And they go, well, my ex-husband, Hacked off the highway signs as we drove by, and uh, they were sending me threatening messages every time we passed one, and then they would explode. And I was like, I looked, like, what? Like, uh, were you in the same car I was in? Why did you not say anything? I didn't, there was nothing like that occurred. And she lost her mind on me and said, You saw it, you know you saw it, he's paying you. And the paranoia insanity kicked in. And they said, hold on, don't go anywhere, because I was about to go home. They're like, don't go anywhere, you're taking her. And there's a certain mental hospital that you take people to. And then it was about an hour and a half away from where we were. And I immediately turned around after driving for five and a half, five hours, five and a half hours. Got right back in the car with the same person and drove them to the mental hospital because the methamphetamine had done such a number on their mental state. And a lot of times people don't come back from that. I'm just letting you know, don't. Meth is the worst thing. All drugs are bad. Methamphetamine's really, really, really bad. Super bad. There you go. Don't do meth. Motto man, put down the pipe right now. Put your clothes on. All right, I'm Stretch. It's a big 49. Big big, 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 the big 49, Moto Minute, brought to you by LBZ. There's a lot of hype going into the 250 East-West shootout this weekend in East Rutherford, New Jersey, and all eyes are on the Lawrence brothers who both have the red plate in each division. They both ride for the HRC Honda team, and this week when they were asked about who's been faster at practice, we learned that, well, because of a slight mishap in Atlanta with Hunter, even though he did go on to win the main event, he was not even practicing this week at all. So he and Jet have not ridden together in quite some time on a supercross track. And they both say whoever gets the best start will probably be the winner of that battle between Honda and Honda and brother and brother. And we all can't wait to see it, man. It's going to be a dozer. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch Show. Right, now we're getting ready to say goodbye to a whole lot of people. Pulitzer Prize winning people. BuzzFeed News. Now, BuzzFeed is a cool site, and I like it. Just like Fark is a cool site, and I like it. But, boy, is their slant super left on everything. And I guess if you listen to me, you're like, my slant is super right. Uh, I'll take that. I, I will accept that slant. Uh, but mostly people get offended when you say that their reporting is slanted. But BuzzFeed News, which won Pulitzer Prizes, as a massively award-winning digital news website took the internet by storm over 10 years ago and just freaked out all media organizations well they're shutting it down because it's too effing expensive and when they started putting their head up their own ass and whiffing their own farts and paying people a lot of money yeah they say it's all part of the broader layoffs across BuzzFeed period, taking it in the shorts because all digital platforms are suffering. And they decided they are slashing 15% of its workforce. That's 180 employees across BuzzFeed. And they say while the layoffs are occurring across every division, they've determined that the company can no longer continue to fund BuzzFeed News as a standalone organization. And I guess uh, if you want your really good Left-leading news, you're going to have to go back to CNN and MSNBC because BuzzFeed News is shutting it down. And they were really touted, but they did to the news world, the left-leading news world, what Big 49 is doing to radio. And really, really, they did. But we're not going to grow out and, and then bankrupt ourselves. Yeah, they say BuzzFeed is trying they also own the huffington post and they're trying to tell some of the people hey we're gonna try to get you jobs over there because when they got real big they also bought the huffington post so it's interesting to see but uh this is they say while jarring that the news was not particularly surprising buzzfeed invested vast sums of money into the news product where they took top journalists from legacy newsrooms and open bureaus across the entire world. Like they became, a like they seriously started thinking this would be like the big 49 coming right now and being like, all right, we're big 49. We're gonna open studios in three different cities. Oh wait, we we have that. (laughs) Scratch that comment. Okay, Uh, this is big 49. We're gonna go out there and take on the entire industry and change how it's covered. We're gonna become the only outlet ever to cover motocross. Oh wait, we do that. Yeah, no. But I see a lot of parallels. Literally, as much as I hate BuzzFeed and the, the leftist slant of anyone, I had, I had to respect what they did. They came in and changed the game, and I, I think there are, there are a lot of parallels to what they're doing, what they did in news to what we're doing in radio. Very, very much so. So they're cutting costs, though, and laying people off because they're taking it in the shorts. Yeah. The guy that founded the whole thing left him uh, years ago. He co-founded a similar thing. Uh, And he says it's like they screwed it up and he's all bummed that they destroyed his baby. Yeah, the guy that was the CEO said, I want to be clear, I could have managed these changes better as the CEO of this company and our leadership team could have performed better despite these circumstances. But I made the decision to overinvest in BuzzFeed because I love their work and their mission so much. He says, this made me slow to accept that the big platforms wouldn't provide the distribution or financial support required to support premium free journalism that was built for social media. See what I mean? Says our mission to impact on culture and our audience is what matters most, but we need a stronger business to protect and sustain this important work. Was, I was, I'm telling you, with us, we're getting cock-blocked out of agencies and everything else by terrestrial radio and even satellite radio to some degree. There's people that are cock-blocking us and, and it's it's a tough world to be a startup and break in and they did it amazingly well and then overspent and just screwed it up. We, we can't make that mistake. Good thing we can't overspend. Well, actually, we overspent yesterday. I think we ordered a pizza. I think we overspent. That's our budget for the month or the year. Yeah. So rest in peace, uh, BuzzFeed News. It is going goodbye. Yeah, I'm Stretch. What are we going to do next? I'll drop another story on that ass, and then I'll get into the final hour where we'll rerun the Jordan Smith interview and talk some more moto, and then go home. Step 49. Big, 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 big. Big 49 Moto Minute, brought to you by LBZ. All right, if there is a Salty Dog veteran team in the Supercross right now, it is that Muck Off Club MX Yamaha team. And just their 250 dudes, man, with freaking Phil Nicoletti and J-Mart are really, really good riders, and both now have succumbed to the injury bug. I know I mentioned J-Mart's injury in the injury report Moto Minute earlier today, But it's worth talking about again. This guy is so fast and so good, and people dig this guy. And he just has been battling the injury bug his entire career. And he went down in Atlanta and we now know has a partially collapsed lung and will not be racing in New Jersey this weekend. His teammate, Phil Nicoletti, also still out, will not be racing in New Jersey this weekend. We wish those dudes at Club MX a speedy recovery. Would love to see them all back on the track before the season is over. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ. Coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a stretch show. Let me tell you something weird just happened. I'm getting ready to tell you a nice little story about uh, the sons of of El Chapo. And they're in trouble. And I'll tell you what they did. Mexican drug cartel is no joke. And I typed in, I wanted uh, authentic music to do that. I'm playing Simple Man by Leonard Skinner right now. Not Mexican drug cartel music. No, because I'm a simple man. I'm not a member of a of a Mexican drug cartel. <sighs> Moto Man will be, though. He's going to be uh, Little Clowner. That's going to be his name when he runs around with his mask on. Yeah, I wish Art LeBeau was still alive. He'd be like, I want a shout-out to Little Clowner riding his Honda 70 from the Mexican border slinging cocaine. Ah, rest in peace. Yeah. Anyway, I was going to do a story, and I wanted the authentic music So I could talk about the sons of El Chapo Guzman and their cartel associates who are in trouble, have been arrested, many of them. And uh, like the music kept free. I I typed in drug cartel music and then my my computer started acting crazy as hell. I had to close out my profile, then come back in and now everything's working. I'm back to Simple Man. It's okay to play Leonard Skinner, but don't you play that music of the Mexican drug cartel get to my story now that I'm paranoid as hell. Maybe it's I did too much meth back in the day. (laughs) El Chapo Guzman's sons. uh, They were quite the brutal guys according to the U.S. Justice Department, the three Guzman sons. Ovadio Guzman Lopez. Jesus, that's Jesus. Alfredo Guzman Salazar. And Ivan Archivaldo Guzman Salazar. known as the Chapitos or little Chapos are among 28 Sonola cartel members that are now charged in a massive fentanyl trafficking investigation announced last week. And the Justice Department accused the cartel members of running the largest, most violent, and most prolific fentanyl trafficking operation in the world. And it detailed the brutal methods of torture and execution that these guys used to extend their power and intimidate their enemies. And what they would do They said that the sons liked to torture people when they would get them in there and they would often do it themselves according to the report. Not according to Stretch, I'm just reporting. Uh, They liked to torture people with a corkscrew and then they often would feed them to their pet um, tigers. They had tigers. So the chapitos would uh, just take a corkscrew to you basically and screw it in your flesh or in your fingers or your junk or whatever they would do. Or into your head and then they would torture you until they got what they needed out of you and then they would just kill you or just throw you in with the tigers and let the tigers eat you alive because their dad el chapo had tigers much like uh, pablo escobar had hippos that are now running rampant all over uh colombia well in mexico they got tigers and these guys had tigers and they grew up with pet tigers because they were chapalitos. They say in another chilling description, federal prosecutors alleged that two of El Chapo's sons were involved in the capture and murder of two Mexican federal law enforcement officers in 2017. After they interrogated them, one was killed, the other was tortured by El Chapo's, one of Chapo's uh, sons and a hitman known as Nini. Yeah, Nini. They tortured him. Then they fed him the tigers. Yeah, that does not sound like a good way to go. At that point, if you think the drug cartel's going to get you, you should probably just off yourself before they get you. Yeah, that's what I would do. You're never going to get me off myself. I, you get caught by the police and go to jail is one thing. You get caught by the drug. Remember the guy I told you about a couple weeks ago that was bragging about stealing 50 grand from a drug cartel? And then two hours, and he was doing it at a party, trying to impress a girl, and then two hours later... A uh, car drove up with a bunch of dudes with guns, and they beat his ass into him in the car, and drove him back across the border. Guess what happened to him? He probably got eaten by tigers and plugged by screwdrivers or corkscrews. They're fun, not just for opening bottles of wine, but for opening people's skulls and stuff. Yeah, you don't want to mess with that stuff. Don't want to mess with that stuff. It's all bad, Motor Man. You be careful. I'll tell you that. All right. Speaking of Moto Man, he's coming up at 3 o'clock today. Moto Man, Bookie Kyle should be in the house with him. Unless he's down in Mexico doing business for us. But I don't think Bookie Kyle is, is allowed to be in the business. I don't think he's been jumped into the family 100% yet. Only Moto Man is. Moto Man in his Honda 70 and his Ninja Turtle backpack filled by cocaine. Moto, don't come back here with no fentanyl. We're not messing with that. I promise you. We're keeping it legit here. All right. I'm stretched. <laughs> It's the Big 49 coming up next. Let's get back in and rerun that uh, interview with Jordan Smith from Star Racing Yamaha. This is the Big 49. Big 49. It is a stretch show, and we are getting up out of here. It is time for me to roll. It is time for me to take this flamethrower and put it on autopilot and get the F out of here for a Friday and psych up for the weekend. Go just, just get myself, and I'm going to go into the into – the, meditation room. I'm going to sit and I'm going to meditate upon doing a great show on Saturday because it's hard. I'm surrounded by numbnutses. You have no idea. I bring you the BuzzFeed award-winning newscast only it's all about motocross, supercross and I'm surrounded by numbnutses the whole time. None of them uh, any more of a numbnuts than the other. I got Moto Man. I got Jason from Honda Yamaha Redlands and I got Bookie Ka from the LBZ family. That's what I got. I got a Motley Crue in there. there is what I got. Tell you what, you give me lemons, I make gold. That's what I do every and Saturday. I make gold. Gonna do it again tomorrow 2 p.m. Pacific time. It will start. And we will get into the Supercross. Very excited about this 250 East-West showdown. Here's the questions in the 450s. Are Cooper and Eli get in? get back to being Cooper and Eli or are Justin Barsha and Kenny Roxon gonna do Chase Sexton massive favors and cock block Cooper and Eli and give Sexton another win and let him make up more points because if this continues to happen Sexton could be right back up in it like Dr. Dre but totally different Yeah, Sexton also had his first ever win at this stadium just saying had some success there That kid's so fast. He is so fast. And Eli Tomek is a win-when-he-has-to dude, and Cooper Webb is the most consistent grinder in the history of the sport. It's lending itself to a really good fight, and then Barsha and Roxen are bashing each other's heads in as we go throughout the year, I mean, in a friendly, nice, competitive way not in a mean way at all they seem to be really good friends it's fun watching all of the, all of the news you know stories of supercross and so we will watch that again tomorrow as we get back underway i will be back then after that on monday for the monday edition of the stretch show we'll get interviews with whoever does get the win tomorrow night in rutherford new jersey oh man you guys in the meantime take care of yourselves I will talk to you tomorrow, 2 p.m. Listen to Motto Man and Kyle today at 3 Pacific time. Till I talk to you again. God bless you all and God bless the United States of America.